Hello fellow podcasters, my name is Scotty Carlisle and today, thank you for tuning in to the MOVE podcast. This upcoming video, audio file that you're going to hear was an interview that took place several years back between me and Victoria Smitherman and her parents. Now, Victoria, if you watched or listened to the last podcast, you'll hear an interview when she was 14 years old, and at that time she had four different surgeries on her brain, and each time just got bad news, got bad news, got bad news, and her attitude with the whole thing was just amazing, amazing. and. I wanted to interview her because I wanted her to provide her perspective to the world. And this following video slash audio file that you're going to hear is an interview and it even goes farther. So this time, I believe she was already 15. She just had her fifth brain surgery. And when I talked to her, she was telling me, how horrible the situation was you know she was saying how you know she had to have a year's worth of chemo administered to her in a week she was confined to a hospital bed for a little over a month or around a month uh, couldn't get up couldn't go outside because uh, she had so much chemo it basically killed her immune system and they had to be very careful of anything that was introduced into the room or into anything around her. So they did a bone marrow transplant. They had a lot of other things. And she was telling me how, you know, two minutes, she was just praying for two minutes. God, please give her two minutes of not being nauseous, not being sick, not feeling this way. And this interview was after she had done that. And she was back and she comes and she sits in my office and again, still the bubbly, happy, smiling face, little princess that she was. And, you know, just the one thing I said, Victoria, what do you think about this whole cancer thing? She said, it's 65% good and 35% bad. 65% good and 35% bad. After she had just told me everything she told me, she had a shaved head, she had a titanium plate on her head because they had to take a piece of her brain out and she had a shunt. She had so many things that she had to endure, you guys. So many things. And she says 65% good and 35% bad. Now, if that isn't perspective on a positive attitude, guys, I don't know what is. And I want you to listen to this. I want you to glean some type of insight. I want you to glean some kind of positive perspective and realize that whatever you're going through right now is not that bad. And you have the choice of what you wanna look at. Do you wanna look at the positive side and smile and try to help others or do you want to look at the negative side and be self-defeating and be miserable it's your choice listen to victoria and let me know what you think
just to kind of get refreshed. So we took, you know, did some stuff and talked about some of the challenges, and then you had more challenges since then. So maybe if you could elaborate on what what's happened since the last time we talked. Mm, there was, sorry, yeah, since the uh, event, right? Yeah. What was the event in March? March. Oh my goodness, I'm sorry. It's a long time. <laughs> my birthday. <I'm> sorry. <laughs> That's okay. Like, That's like me. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Well, since March, um, she was at that time uh, undergoing treatment to uh, reduce the tumor because the tumor began growing into the brain instead of outward. So in December, what we had hoped to do got postponed. It was bone marrow and chemo because the tumor, what they want to do is remove the tumor, get as much out of it as they could, go in there and do this treatment. It was more effective with very little. And so we tried one treatment uh, with chemo, and it began to work. And uh, I think it was around April when we did that MRI. They said, you know, the tumor had shrunken quite a bit. We're going to see what happens the next go-around. And then finally the next go-around, the tumor had shrunken enough. And they said, we're going to go right now and do surgery, and we're going to get her into bone marrow. So um, she did uh, the surgery was what date? July? On July 20th, she 20th. had the fifth brain surgery. Fifth brain the surgery. The brain tumor. And then after seven rounds of uh, really strong chemotherapy, she, they decided uh, seven rounds since well, the general. it was five rounds. It was five days of chemo. Or are you talking no, about no, no, the No, no, no. I'm talking prior? about the previous. Oh, from okay. seven rounds of chemotherapy from January to until um, until uh, uh, June, what was it? Yeah. So they, they decided that those seven rounds, of, of, that was it, because first it was a very, very, very strong chemotherapy that could damage permanently the heart, so they couldn't go beyond. So whatever the treatment did until those seven rounds, from there, let's do an MRI, see the status of the tumor, if it got smaller, and from there they were going to decide if uh, the fifth brain surgery was going to happen or go straight to transplant. Fortunately. Uh, the tumor did shrink, which was great news. However, there's still a, there was tumor left uh, that had to be removed in an area that, you know, it was kind of hard to get in. So they decided to do the fifth brain surgery, and uh, depending on the results of the brain surgery, move forward to transplant, bone marrow transplant. And uh, the, the surgery was a successful, thank goodness. There was very little tumor left, but that amount of tumor left um, was going to be uh, completely wiped out or clean with the transplant, which transplant means chemotherapy treatment. And really, five days of really, really pure chemotherapy, no diluted, no One year's mixed, worth of five days. One year worth of chemotherapy in five days goes straight to uh, the marrow and wipes out the good and the bad cells. Everything is gone. That's why they had rescue ready the stem cells of Victoria, the baby stem cells, put frozen. They were frozen since November, ready for whenever she was ready to get the, um, the transplant done. And uh, that's what happened. That's five days of very strong chemotherapy. Her bone marrow gets gone, you know, it's completely wiped out, completely. Then uh, five days, one day of rest, and uh, uh, five, seven day they uh, infused her 
transfer sell her baby stem cells back to her. And that's what they call a rebirth. They, they said that she was rebirth again. I mean, all the kids who go through transplant, they call it like that. They're happy, read uh, a BMT upon a transplant birthday because they are rebirth. That's what they say. Wow. Wow. Where where did they get the stem cells from? From, from her in November. Um, it's her own breast tube. I have a line here. But and uh, through, it has two lumens, which means just two little tubes. And with the IV, they connect that, you know, and one side. Goes in the machine, it spins the blood round and round really fast, um, and the stem cells get separated from the blood. And it, the stem cells go in a bag, and then the, um, through the other side of the machine, my blood comes out and goes inside the other little tube, which is called the lumen. It's called the what? A lumen. A lumen. It's actually almost the same process as when, you know, uh, diabetics go in for. Uh, Dialysis? Dialysis. Takes it out. Like it's that same it, type of thing. Instead of filtering it, though, they're going through, and it's the darndest thing. It's a it looks like a glass donut, and that thing spins like about 20,000 RPM, and it just draws the stem cells. But it, it can be an hour project. It can be a day. It can be a week long to get enough stem cells. She did it in a day and a half. But the procedure is called um, her own rescue. They call it do her stem own rescue. Stem cell rescue of her own is not from another person so it's not the, uh, the no clinic. risk of rejection or, no no or no outside no outside rescue but it's her own so her own babies but let's go back to the surgery you know the surgery was pretty ornate this time i mean she's got a titanium plate over here i even have a ball right here here and this is the amazing part nice. Scotty. if you want to touch it you can yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> That's it. She actually has a twenty percent void in her brain. There. Can I see one more time? Really? Yeah. From the one, the tumor pushing in on it. The other was parts they've removed. So when you look at the uh, at the MRI, it's like a big void there. So what they had to do is they put like Oops, it almost right. looks like a Brillo pad, but it's like titanium mesh, and they put it in there to support that because if she and then the plate on top. Yeah, if she ever fell, the brain would have a void there, could come loose or affect the stem. So she's actually got something in there. So it's a lot of fun when we come out of Walmart. Now I'm just 10% titanium robot. That's cool. So the, the surgery that is was pretty, pretty cool. ornate, too. It really wasn't. And, you know, she comes through it, so now I've gone well. It's I can tell my kids, hey, kids, you know, you got to... Mom that has titanium in her, her hand. hand. It's quite amazing how um, she is, uh, you know, has overcome all this, the chant and the, uh, this and the brain when you see it, you know, it's, it's empty there, it's a dark spot when you see the MRI, there's no brain in one part. So, I mean, people have said that you're hard-headed, but you just got to take it to the next level with everything you do, huh? <laughs> I am a little bit hard-headed, especially right <laughs> Um, so what about the difference, so I, we didn't really talk about the shunt, so what, what, how is this compared to the shunt, or was there, um, I'll, I'll say this, surgery, um, surgery, yeah, my, yeah, 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 after my fourth brain surgery, what happened is, since I cut so many times there, I was leaking spinal fluid here, like my body was producing a little bit too much, and it, I think it's a, not like a very serious disease, it's just like a 
it got to the point that it got so serious when they talked to me because she was um, at that point since they uh, they were trying to fix it with other matter with other uh, procedures. The uh, stitching they tried. Uh, what they did was they tried uh, squeezing my skin together and then gluing it, and the glue would really burn. They even tried restitching it, but I was awake doing it. Well, so all they did was just put shots in my head that would numb it, and that was hard because the shots just got me so dizzy and stuff. I just got nauseous, and it was horrible. That was horrible. But then uh, they tried restitching. It worked for like a um, a few days, but then. I started leaking again, so then they decided, okay, we have no more options. The glue and stitches didn't work, so if we do it again, it's not going to work again. It's not going to work. So they said, we're going to have to do the shunt, and I I have to have it for the rest of my life, because I'm never going to, like, um, be able to, you know, my spinal fluid is not the production of my spinal fluid will never reduce. It's going to stay the same, where I produce a little too much. Got it. And so the shunt basically is just giving yeah, you a it vet to the It's a tube yeah. that goes down all the way down to my stomach, and the tube just goes. And all the water that's in my head, that all that extra spinal fluid that goes in my head, will get drained down to my stomach and comes out through urination. Nice. Cool. But any 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 way to uh, come out of the fluid, but it is. The hose is the hose is all the way down to, and it's kind of little roll in stomach, out. and it's just in the walls of the uh, it, it, the fluid and the spinal fluid is getting drained into the walls of the stomach, and uh, whatever way she, you know, body just absorbs. absorbs it. Huh? That's not what I was told. <laughs> <laughs> You're talking to the wrong people. So on, I guess this. So this last surgery, what would you say the most challenging, like? If there were certain times, maybe one or two times that your faith was tested, yeah. or yeah, elaborate it was, on that. It was tested so many times. It's almost like it's almost like being in an AP class and doing a test that you didn't even study for. Honestly, I've never done it before, but I can tell you, it probably is like that. And there were some times where I just suffered so much, and God is saying. Do you still have the strength and faith strong enough to still pray to me, ask me for help, and do that? It's like, it was just, there were times in the bone marrow where it was like testing, he was testing my faith to see if I would sometimes say, oh, I don't believe in God anymore because of how much I'm suffering. So, um, that's my, that's uh, how I feel my faith was tested. When you say suffering, what part was the most, was the strongest when, in the suffering? Was it the nauseousness? Was it pain? Was it, what, what did lot. you? A lot. It was all of it. Nausea, pain, and I was also vomiting a lot. And I just, I don't know, just those three things only, but they were so strong. It just felt very overwhelming for me. What's that, you know? It's kind of like door number one. Okay, we got nausea. And we'd hear that, and it was door number two. It would open up, and it was just feeling like crap. And then door number three, headache or discomfort. You know, just it was just like a circle all the time. But they were very good at treating her there. 
I mean, you know, here she's got a morphine pump, and even when she'd still feel pain, they'd always come up with something to give her that it would either knock her out or take away her discomfort. But they kept her, she didn't remember half of it, but they kept her pretty comfortable for what she was doing. I was wondering, not a lot of medications that would get me so drowsy. So most of the time I was asleep, or that, or just sometimes I would feel so bad that my focus was on how I was feeling, so I just don't remember what went on. Did you have interactions with people, um, or what was the role on yeah. that? Did that help you, and was it like Facebook, or people sent you letters, or comments, a or lot of, A lot of, of it, most of it was Facebook. Uh, one time, during the end of my bone marrow, kind of, my school, the administrative team of my school, they, um, I, get, I don't know how they did it, but they con probably contacted the gift shop down in the hospital in some way, and they brought me a stuffed animal and a car, because the gift shop people came up to my room and they delivered something, and I was like, oh, what's this? They're like, oh, it's uh, from the gift shop. So I was like, huh. And when we opened the card, it said uh, Santiago Administrative Team. And I was like, oh, wow. It's in the visitors. And, That's um, your school? Santiago High. Okay. They sent her a shark. Santiago wow. Shark. Wow. Yeah. And I did have a few, but I did have some visitors. My family came over. They came. They helped my mom with some things. Um, I had some friends come over. Um... One was a really dear, a very, very dear friend of mine named Jim Steiner. Um, he came over. Um, another very close friend of mine, her name's Connie Crush. She came. She, she has a couple daughters, and we've really clo um, come close to them because of her daughters, just talking to them, and her too. So, when after you do the chemo, are you not supposed to be around people because of the like bacteria and that kind of stuff? Yeah, for about a, a couple of weeks, a couple to a few weeks, I'm not allowed to be around a lot of people. But after a while, um, after a while, I think like the next week they released me. They brought me in to do some labs, see how my blood recovered, and they said it recovered great. My numbers were all high up and which is very good platelets were good my blood counts my immune system everything was great and they and my mom was curious so she asked them do, usually when the blood comes up do they go back down and they said yeah it's maybe just a few little numbers you know but it's not like how before work dropped so low that i need transfusions or anything so once it recovers it's basically like it stays recovered got it during the transplant you mean mm -hmm. During the transplant? Well, yeah, and then after. How? Afterwards, so she was fine. But during the transplant, yeah, the the the, 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 uh, the uh, bottom part of it is when she's in zero. That's when she's going. Zero means uh, there's no blood counts. The immune system is below. Um, I don't know how much to measure it, but below below zero. That's what they call it. So uh, immune system is. Um, that's why the uh, the um, the. Uh, unit you know it is so uh, oh my goodness a lot of control yes a lot of control over any germ for uh, the children especially you know talking about Victoria yeah she had a few days that we couldn't have the kids her couldn't sit on the bed nothing that could bring uh, any any kind of 
any kind of bacteria or anything that will harm her when she was completely in zero immune system and not just that but all the blood was afflict afflicted you know once she left the unit of course she she's able to be out for a week they told us to be careful with you know we're using a mask which is out not to have anybody still still we have to be careful that she can be around people that is sick, sick. Mm -hmm. or has has had um, some shots recently like the flu shot that is is uh, the one that is through the nose. Oh yeah, and the, uh, the spray one. Uh -huh. She can she can be close to that or people that had that kind of shot. Unless it's the one from on the arm. There's oh, wow. some things that she has to still be careful until until later. Are you on? Are you taking any medication now? Um, I'm not. Um, uh, before I was on um and like um and a fungal anti-fungal medications to produce an fungal infections for a few uh, for like a week I think um, I was on pain medications for if I got any pain but I write and nausea medication of course but um, those two medications for pain and antifungal stuff uh, those are done I'm oh, not on yeah. those so I'm just taking stuff for nausea which honestly I'm not taking that much anymore because like I'm doing so well like only as needed yeah, it's um, it's Kytro. Kytro is the name. I don't know if I just should say the name, but <laughs> anti-nausea, you know, medication, uh, pain, and whatever it is, only as needed, because they they want her to go, possible go back to life. No. So, I remember when when I was talking to you and you said that um, that she had you had sores and stuff like that. So, because mm -hmm. when you said pain, pain is a very generic. Generic. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, so. You know what? What kind of be a little bit more specific on if there was anything that was really like you know rough for you? Because I mean, people can relate to ulcers; they can relate, and then it gives them a kind of context. You know, picture a severe sunburn in three or four spots of your body: across her abdomen, her back, a little bit on her neck, her butt. But yeah, it, it was. I she mean, had chemical burn, that's what they call it. I had some I had some in my neck. Like I still have some if you can see it, I still have some like dark spots on my skin. Mm -hmm. Those are like just mild chemical burns. But some were like so bad, like I had some on my stomach here that were so bad that my skin was even peeling. And when it was like burnt, it was black. And I mean black black. Like about in just random spots? Yeah, well, yeah. it's very peculiar how in some areas the, the chemotherapy will come out and, you know, and uh, not all the kids go through this, but Victoria did. So, the, the, like I said before, the chemical is not loaded with anything, so it's pure, pure chemotherapy. So, in her case, it went through her skin and burned her, burned her uh, here in some places like was bleeding and peeled. It was really. Okay. I even had really like hard. a couple of spots here on my back that when I was like it would get so itchy. So sometimes I would scratch and it peel off. But then I got like a big huge scab on my like a really thick scab from scratching and bleeding and all that. You had to bring that the uh, wound, you know, a wound specialist. And some kids actually had to shower um like four times a day. Because sometimes, like, um, there's, it's the same thing, bone marrow, but they do different ke different chemos in the bone marrow. Like explain the pains. But like focus on what, what, um, what all the yeah. pains that you, you had. Sores I had uh, mouth sores, and I had, like, 
inside I had like, or right here I had pain because of the mucositis. I was already developing sores. They said I would develop sores from my mouth all the way down to like my stomach. And I'd have sores stomach, on my esophagus, and I was getting pains here. And it felt, I don't know, even if I was like, whenever I'd swallow, it would hurt. And then for the mouth sores, they just felt like regular sores, you know, the pain you get. And the bone pain? And then I got like really bad bone pain because, but that was, but the bone pain kind of started after I got my stem cells back because it meant that the stem cells were really producing fast and that's why I felt that pain. So it was a good pain even though... Yeah, they said it was a good <coughs> and bad pain. Bad for me, but good for you know, my body and everything. Man, but. that's crazy. Um, so... What do you think about, because I see, you know, I think, I really do think that there is something that attitude on a situation, and I, there's, this is kind of a couple, couple things. So what helped you have a positive attitude, or was, or how did, did your parents help you, or what? The great uh, support I have from everybody from here at home to out in Mexico with my family and my mom's side and just the support and having my dad and my sister come every day my sister talk to me and you know we had we brought a, a little game called spotted me and her would play sometimes when I was up to it I'd play with her for a little bit and that kind of helped me be positive and kind of happy about things uh, having my mom there all the time to take care of me was great and then having my dad to come and sometimes joke around with me and kind of make me laugh and smile sometimes really really help and it was just great my sister like you said doing that she helped a lot like when my mom was gone when she was gone to get lunch from at the cafeteria or visit another kid that was uh, that we knew that was admitted in the hospital she'd go visit him and my dad would be gone uh, doing stuff at the Ron McDonald house. My sister would be at the room with me and she'd do everything that my mom would do with me and she never complained or anything. She did she did it with the smile on her face. But, um, she did it with the smile on her face and uh, just you could tell she did it with pure, pure love. And just the great nurses as well. Great nurses, they talked to me. Uh, one nurse, a couple nurses I really grew close to. They were like, I even told them, you guys are like my, a mom to me. You guys made me laugh sometimes when my mom wasn't around and I was just too bored to watch TV or feeling like poop, you know? They made me laugh and stuff, so it was just all of that really, really helps. Were there other, um, were there many other kids where you were that you were, that you, did you talk to them or No, I couldn't, it was like isolation. I couldn't, I would, you know, there were a couple times where I had to get out of the room, but it was like literally three or like two or three times I got out of the room with physical therapy though to walk so they could see how I'm walking, how I'm, you know, able to walk with like how my energy is walking and all that so just that but I would have to wear a mask on I'd have to put a mask on so it was really really rare 
So <clears throat> then when you're bored um, and there's nothing else to do and then I can imagine you're probably going through pain or being nauseous and by yourself and so you, did you have any moments that stood out between you and God or between you and, your, and yourself as far as questioning or talking or what helped you have a positive or yeah, a positive helped you have a better attitude. Um, like I said, my family. Nurses, like if, but when you were by yourself, uh, if, I, were there any moments when you were by yourself? Then you're bored and you're feeling. Was there any where you had like an intimate? Sometimes I suffer and I'm just like, wait, God, please just stop. I know, I know. There's gonna out of this, you know, out of this stuff that's coming. I know something great is gonna come out of it, but. Please, can you just give me a break at this point? I trust you and everything, but just please give me a break. Even if it's just for a minute, just give me a break, please. And there were some times where I'd be like, Mom, like we have a, um, there was one group of ladies that got me a cross, and it's like a special cross that's, you know, carved and everything out of wood, but specifically to fit in your hand comfortably. So just sometimes I'd be like, Mom, give me my cross, please. She gave it to me, and I try to hold on to it as tight as, and I literally mean tight. Like I just squeeze it. Sometimes it's like, God, please help me. Please help me go through this. Please make time go by so that you know they could come in and say, Okay, chemo's done. Okay, we're gonna give you medications to make you feel better or make you fall asleep. And I just would hold on to that cross, and sometimes falling asleep, I'd just be like trying to keep it in my hand at all times so because it gave me comfort that God was going through it with me and that God was with there was just right there standing right with me just you know like me touching me and saying it'll be all right and I could just and literally I felt it's like I felt his presence there and it just gave me really great peace Wow, my um, when I <clears throat> when I told my sister, do you remember talking to my sister at all? Um, yeah, I do a little bit. Yes. I, I told her because then the good news about the tumor and and how it and and she was like, I knew it, I knew it because I you know they have a whole <clears throat> a whole prayer like they're like prayer warriors you know the, they seriously they meet for different for lunch or for breakfast and then there's several people and they literally will they people have prayers and they just pray and so you're definitely always in that and and it's just it's really cool for me to see but you know cuz cuz I think when you when you find people that have really strong faith that a lot of times people are searching for something to grab onto for strength and I feel like when when somebody is challenged really hard and and they have like that unbreakable faith that people can look at that and, and hold on to that. So and one nurse uh, that didn't mention even nurses that was not, were not in her room were not taking care of her wanted to meet her because they was she was famous all over the internet <laughs> that she was really she has a really good attitude and positive attitude. So some of them came just to meet her because they wanted to know you. We some nurses are battling to have you as a, a <laughs> patient because of the attitude that you have. So I just wanted to come and see who is Victoria Smith and because they're um, you know they were 
they were saying and then it, you know yeah it was it was really hard some things were like she was completely out the however she always she always preserved a very um an attitude of i'll be all right and i'll i'll be out before and i'll be out before <laughs> so it was it was uh, talking about attitude and it, she was it was great yeah. I, I always told her the source of every every good attitude is as a believer is so many times sometimes being admitted in the hospital, you know, and some of the nurses would be like, you know, why are you doing so good? Because of your attitude. And my mom would be like, yep. And then my mom would end up having a long conversation with the nurses about how my attitude has always been just really well and how all all of the battle, like most of the battle is your attitude. And I would say my attitude, but also in my, and this is my opinion, especially my religion um 70 um 80 percent of my strength and my attitude comes from god and the 20 percent just comes from the free will my free will and my you know me wanting to have that wanting to be positive have a great attitude about things and yeah i always tell people that they're always like you're so you're so strong and everything, and I tell them, well, 80% of it is God, 20% of it is the free will He, you know, gives us to want to be like this, you know. Where do you think, why do you think your free will wants to have a good attitude and others don't? Where do you think that comes from? I've been told so many times that just attitude is everything, and then not just that, I guess it's just who I am to just be happy all and stay positive. I guess it's just who I am. So. And also God. I mean, I know, I know, it's there's definitely everything's a test. Um, as far as you, Veronica, and Larry, some of the challenging moments that you've had, do you can you recollect anything that's any any moment when a doctor said this that you questioned on what was going to happen or that you had that sinking feeling or oh yes just just to go back in, in thoughts are as painful just give me the chills um there could be a lot of moments that you i i me as a mother uh touch bottom you know on what's going to happen and um, when you you have these conversations, very strong conversations with uh, the doctors, and they come to you almost with like a this is a final uh, resolution of this, you know, do you want it or not? And then this resolution comes with even more suffering, you know, added to what we are going through already. And uh, uh, the portion of hope is is uh, you know yes no we don't know. However, you know this is. Uh, what we have, and uh, do you want to take it? Just take it or leave it, you know. Uh, and for the for the well-being of your child, you have to risk all this. And yes, there have been some moments that there are, there's a dilemma to say, do I do or not? Because do I want to see my child suffer more than what I have seen already? And it it is it is hard. Those are the moments that are really hard when you have to take a decision. And if you, this is, I always put it like this, it's with this kind of sickness, as many others, but I'm going to speak, uh, you know, I'm going to speak about what I am, and it's in the cancer part. 
when there is a prognosis that is always very scary, um, you feel like you are having a battle with death right in front of you, and you are trying to battle the life of your child to death, you know, and say, it's mine, oh, it's mine. Um, so, yeah, there are many, many moments that we, I personally, it has been so um, strong, you know, in a way that the pain has been so strong uh, that it's like the prognosis when they talk to you, treatments, when they tell you what, uh, what we can do, but also what we can do positive, you know, which is get rid of it, get rid of the cancer or the tumor. However, this is all the side effects and those are the immediate side effects and those are the, all the, the ones that may happen in a few years. And it's like, wow, the benefit is this, of course, life, but all these ones are the, the prolonged suffering that can happen uh, as a result of this treatment. So it's a constant, uh, you know, then it's prognosis, it's treatment, then it goes through the treatment. It's to see your child uh, uh, go through an enormous amount of uh, test, um, emotionally, physically, you know, spiritually. It is, um, it is uh, you can't go into just one one area, but it's a whole. And as a mom, it's as, as, as a whole, you know, to see my child go through a, a very strong physical, uh, you know, physical suffering, emotional and, and mental suffering and then uh, to see my husband and to see my other child and uh, to know that um, all comes from one sickness, you know. It's really hard and frustrating to know that all comes from one event in our life, one situation in particular, in this, in this case, uh, you know, an illness, sickness. Um, challenge in life has so many different uh, names. They come in very different packages. You don't want any of them, but they give you one, and, and they don't tell you, do you want this one? They tell you, this is your package. Take it or does the way it is. So once you open the, the package that you received, and you see that, oh, I got a good one. Oh, I got a really good one, and it's not for me. It's for that biggest thing that you have in front of you, your child. And sometimes I say, why doesn't have my name? Why do you have to have the name of my child on? And he's, she is or he is the one that's going to go through it. And in that package comes all these things that they say, these things, you know, that are really bad. And suffering as for mother, as a mother, I think um, when these things happen, you cannot even remember them. It's a, it's a second and minute suffering of the 24 hours of a day, seven days a week. It's in the back of your mind constantly. Great days comes, but it is in the back of your mind always something that uh, uh, is reminding you that uh, there's an affliction there. That is from the suffering part, you know. What has impacted me more? Prognosis, treatment, and the recovery, and uh, and the you know, and the matter, and, and the uh, maybe the um, un unsure ground that you may be stepping on in the future with this kind of sickness. However, that's that part has a huge um, balance when you bring faith into it, and then smile. You know, hope is the biggest smile you can have in your face.
place when hope comes and then it says guess what what if not and hope shines upon upon my path as a mom and uh, I start truly putting in practice the virtue of hope and from there on uh, there's then then is when you can experience the most wonderful things of the trial because hope is, is just the, the, the uh, hook, the hook, you know, the hook that, yeah, that uh, brings, uh, uh, brings back, brings to you the rest of the face, attitude, again, uh, and then uh, life starts again smiling and you start looking at the beauty of everything again and because you are hoping for the best, hoping for uh, that things are going to be all right. That no matter how dark things are, uh, things are gonna be all right, and then uh, you move forward. <clears throat> That's man. I, you know, as you're talking, I, I can relate just from my experience when my son was in the hospital, and I know, I know those, those, those talks, and then those symptoms, those side effects. That's. Those, I hated those conversations because mm. it's like, oh, here's this, but then, like you said. Let's try it out. That's what I thought. I just thought, you know, I could have hear a lot of hearing loss. I could probably be deaf. I could probably uh, be deaf. Uh, I could probably uh, be blind. I could probably have a, a big, you know, something go wrong with my organs and be a, like a something that's permanent or... And like you said, worst case scenario is that best case scenario, I get out of it like nothing. And I think it came out as the best case scenario. I think I got out of it great, thanks to God. And, but yeah, and I'm just thought, you know, how do I know if I never, if I never try it? And God know, and God has a plan for me. And I think, and I just had a feeling that God didn't want me to have any problems because he wanted I just know God wanted the best for me so I just said no I'm gonna do it you felt his hand on you mm-hmm you mm. had a very strong confidence like you never know which case you're gonna pick uh, <laughs> number four number <laughs> 15 <laughs> um so how about you Larry were there any any moments that as your father you just a sinking like <sighs> where you had to do oh. that yeah the you know when this first came about I mean I, I had just recovered myself I had double pulmonary embolism I was told I had 20% chance of walking out of Corona Regional Hospital and two weeks later she gets this so I was like here, here was the thing it was kind of funny my way I changed my faith because they were all Catholics I was a Methodist, so I thought, you know what, I'm going to go ahead and be united with them. I was just completing that, and then I started getting, it was almost like flu symptoms, or, or mm-hmm. I was coughing, and then it got more difficulty breathing, and that's, uh, you know, I go in the hospital and told the doctor I think I've got pneumonia, and the doctor does a chest x-ray, he says, no, you've got a collapsed lung, two pulmonary embolisms and a blood clot in your leg. And I said, okay. And he says, you know, you got less than a 20% chance you're leaving the hospital. 
So, you know, it's like, God, I changed my faith and now this. Is God telling me to change my faith back or, or what? You know, I mean, it, it, it shook me up. And then her, I'm restricted. I can't drive. So my poor wife gets stuck with everything. I mean, I'm housebound because of what happened. And she gets her thing. And then, you know, after the surgery, you know, I always thought, you have a tumor. You either get surgery, they remove it, and it's all over. Or... You can't remove it all, and you do chemo and radiation. Well, in her case, they got it all, but we were still told that this was a very serious situation. And, you know, she's going to have to go through, through treatment, and then it's, you know, is she or isn't she? And then, you know, we finally found a good doctor in L.A., and he treats her, and he's very positive, and she gets cured, and, and then he leads us to go to Ohio, and... And that was devastating to me because he was my security blanket. I mean, I walk into Children's Hospital and I go, oh, we're home. You know, here's the guy that, if that mountain's there, he'll move it and get her through it, you know. And and he told us, you know, she's going to be fine. And then I remember when the tumor came back uh, two years ago, a year ago, a year ago last March. And I just remember calling him up and he was totally floored. And that made me question my faith. At that time, I thought, gosh, you know, what, what's going on? Why? why? But, yeah, there it's, and, and there's a lot of what, what Veronica said, you know, you you have to, you're a balancing act. And, I mean, you're, okay, we're going to do this. It's going to, you know, get rid of the tumor. And you know, this is a good thing. But the bad thing is she may not be able to see. She may lose this. She may not be able to, you know, they give you 50 things that could happen. And it's been a blessing with her. I mean, she always skates through this stuff good. And I think, you know, her, atti her attitude, and even the doctors and hospitals have said, it's her outlook on this. You know, it's, it's making her get through this the way she is. I mean, when they told her she had to have fifth surgery, she goes, oh, that's no big thing. It's like, I'm going, oh, man, mm -hmm. I'm cutting over here. <laughs> and she cheers us up. I mean, it's like, <laughs> we go in there and go, oh, God, you know, and here she is. Oh, it's all right. You know, I'll do this. But you know, I'll, you know, a smile on her face. Okay, let's get this thing done. Because it's true. You know, it, it's amazing. She's been my rock. She's, you know, she's had to go through the crap, but she changes that crap into something golden. I mean, she just, you know, her attitude's great. She. You know, we're having a tough time, and I'll sit there and I'll look at her and go, come on, she can, she's the one walking through this field, you know, come on. And it's amazing, because we've talked to some people, and their kids are just totally the opposite, and it's really a challenge for them, and it's just, she's made a real bad situation possible to go through. We have our challenges, we have our down days, but she's really made this a doable thing and gotten us through some bad times. So. You know, Scotty, um, you mentioned, you're asking, I meant to say something, I don't know if I can add, you know, about the moments that I have felt like this, yes, well, side of the brain, the uh, diagnosis and prognosis when you talk to doctors and brain surgeries and treatments, you know, those have been very, very hard times for me as a mom. One um, one of the worst ones, uh, yes, you know, 
the, the brain surgeries and the afterwards have been very tough for me, the, the recovery time and the treatments. But there are some in particular, as, as a mom, have been conversations. Victoria has had since, um, since she was diagnosed and she was 11, she has had um, this ability, I don't know how to call it, you know, to be very smart and sharp to make some questions about certain things that are really hard for me as a mom to face them and to answer them, and especially about her life. Um, there was a moment when she had um, the, uh, the brain bleeding, and she had a, uh, she came to me, she was feeling so sick, and I wasn't prepared, I don't think any mom, I don't know if it would be better when a child comes to you and asks you, am I dying? Um, she, her questions, am I dying? Mom, what am I going to see when I die? Because she felt she was dying. So I was trying to grasp strength from my still uh, weak face, if you want to call it like that. And that's not because I didn't have faith, but it's just that my ground was shaked so hard every time that the doctors come to tell us Victoria's in a really bad situation. She had a major brain bleeding. We don't know what's going to be the results of it. This is a very serious matter. It is a really, the bleeding, it bled for quite a bit. It's like the uh, tumor exploded, you know. So and she had a very serious situation. All these things, you know, and then I'm just gotta breathe and know that she, my what's gonna happen after this or what. And then she comes to me and says, "Mom, I feel like I'm dying. Am I gonna die? How do I answer that? You know, and if I die, Mom, tell me what am I gonna see when I die?" And uh, facing those moments that she comes with out of nowhere with questions like that, those have been as a mom really hard times for me. You know, one time we were we just in, 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 in radiation and we are going out to get something from the hospital, uh, going out to eat something and come back from the hospital and she's all of a sudden out of nowhere. Um, she's telling me, Mom, um, and when I die, you know, what are you going to feel? What are you going to think? How do you, answer? I mean, like, are you feeling like you're going to die? No, but what what happened when I die? What what is gonna be your what is gonna be happen to you, mom? So those questions about facing when your child is asking about their death, when you desperately don't want to uh, not even think about losing your child, that's gonna be one of the one of one of the many, but one of the biggest challenges when my when she has come to ask me, what is gonna happen when I die? What am I gonna see? Or what I if I die, mom, I want this when I die. And it's something that you don't want to talk about with your child. So I, I needed to tell you about those moments that are away from prognosis, diagnosis, MRIs, uh, medically, uh, you know, uh, I'm talking about medically, you know, uh, moments of an ICU, the times in ICU have been really strong, the times in the uh, treatment at home, the afterwards, to have to hold her head many times because she's vomiting so bad and see her just so weak and pale and fragile that you just wish you to be that person you don't like to see your child ever like that feeling so sick you know and see so 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 sick and I'm seriously sick you know 
and, and those other times were very, very tough for me. But when she came and they asked me, you know, and I died, what am I gonna say? Am I dying? That was a really challenging time for me. Really, really have to keep my my myself, my my mind straight and have to pretend that she's not it's not hurting what she's asking. <laughs> that was really tough. And it's like my dad was saying, you know, about the how I'm always like, oh, it'll be okay and stuff. And it's because it's, it's true. Um, it's not that I take God's power for granted or anything. It's none of that. It's just, it's because I have deep faith in God and I have faith in His power and how He uses it. And I just have faith in Him completely, 100%. More like a thousand percent, actually. A thousand out of a tenth out of a hundred percent. I have faith in it, honestly. So, <clears throat> so talking about some of the low points, now, is there any high point that you can recollect that you had a, a sense of either exhilaration or gratitude that was, like, maybe the top, the very top moment so far could you narrow it down? Maybe a top two. Yes. Uh, the people I've met. The people I've met and the amazing experiences I have done. Like speaking up in public. If I've never have done that before, if I never have done that, like, I probably wouldn't be here right now. If I never like went to that camp and decided to do an inspirational speech as a you know, something to win a, comp a contest. Uh, it was like a kid contest where you have to do either skit or sing or dance or whatever. And if I, I don't think if I ever did that first inspirational speech I have ever done in my life, I don't think I wouldn't be here right now. And of uh, the people I've met, I don't think if I've had the attitude I have now, if I don't, I don't think if I've, gone through this at all, I wouldn't have met the amazing people I've met. Like you, Jim Steiner, Connie Crush, all the nurses in the hospital and doctors and everything. Jill Castillo. Jill Castillo and all her Team Victoria, you know, her friends that are Team Victoria, all of them. I don't think I would have met them and I don't think I would be here now doing, you know, doing the things that I'm doing now. You know, a lot of what she says, we've talked about, you know, I mean, here's this big black cloud, but it's got a ten times the amount of silver lining wrapped around it. And like she said, you know, we've, we've met some amazing people. It's really changed my view of how I thought people were. I mean, I always had faith in, in the human society, but my God, you know, the first go around and the first fundraiser people that were coming up and strangers and, you know, talking to us and, and stuff. Uh, it's amazing. There are people, a lot of people that really do care. And, you know, this bad thing has brought out the best in a lot of people. And, you know, our whole social circle is different now. And, you know, this community, we, we almost moved from here. We almost moved to San Diego. And it's like I told her. What would we have done if we'd have moved? I mean, there's been so much support here. Just people on our street, but people in town here. It's just been an enormous amount of support. So, you know, it, it's 
I drive into Corona now with a much different feeling than I did. I mean, I've always loved it here and liked the town, but now the town's become our extended family. Uh, it, it just, uh, I tell everybody, I just can't imagine being anywhere else and, and being treated like this from our local government people to the fire department, to the police department, to the citizens, to the people like you. I mean, it just, it's changed our whole, you know, family dynamics and, and stuff. I mean, we don't go anywhere now that someone doesn't seem to know us, you know. You know we're not celebrities or anything, but it just, uh, it's really brought the community closer to us. But the support has just been enormous. And, and it's changed her a lot. She was... Uh, an intro I don't mean this in a bad way, but she was kind of an introverted, scaredy cat. You know, we took her to the doctor, and there was a, a syringe within a block of the. That's me. You know, she would. I mean, if she, we took her because she was sick, she would literally tell. I don't know why I'm here. I'm feeling fine, and we leave would the lie. office, and I would run, know, I would run away. And now she just go ahead. I know. I would. You know? Even if I was like uh, right now, like if I never gone through what I've gone through. I would still probably be the way I was before, probably like scream, cry, kick, just do anything to avoid a shot. And then now, like whenever I have to get a shot, like even the wrist stitching, yeah, I was hesitant about, I was a little hesitant about it, but at the same time I was like, you know, it'll come and it'll go, it'll be over soon. And I was like, okay. Let's just get it over with, and then it probably I would have probably passed out if it was before. <laughs> if I was like my old self, I would have probably have passed out. They probably would have. They probably would have had done it when I was passed out, so I wouldn't have felt anything that much. Conscious. <laughs> but we always talk about there's there's been so many positives that have come from this not so positive situation. I think most of it was, I think most of the outcome of all this was positive. I don't think, I think about 65% of it to me was positive and 35% of it was just bad. That's truly what I think. That's freaking awesome. <laughs> I gotta say that. So, um, yeah. Okay, so so then this MRI, you're going to have another MRI on next week? September 6th. Mm -hmm. September 6th, so Tuesday. So Tuesday I have my MRI. Next day they give us results. And from there, it uh, just we're, it's still up in the air. Everything now just depends on that MRI, the results of it. If it's good, if the tumor either has shrunken or uh, completely disappeared, um, they're thinking about me moving on with my life and, you know, of course follow-ups here and there. But, every two months MRI. But, like, every two months I'd have an MRI then an appointment. But for um, for right now, we just wait. And if it's good, like they said, uh, they're going to take off, they're going to probably take out my central line. Hmm. And, um... I'm not going to say anything about it being bad because I think it's going to go good. We all do. So, what do you think the difference, because we talked on, touched on both of these. Faith, what's the difference, or faith and hope? Yes. 
talk about what's your definition? What something um, faith and hope? Well, I totally believe that bone marrow transplant has made my my faith a lot stronger. And then my gratitude to the family I have, like now, um, ever since bone marrow, I just, you know, I was just like, oh, here's my family, I love them and everything. But now it's like almost every day, just suddenly I'll, be, I'll just hug my mom and my dad and say, thank you for everything you do for me. And I love you guys very much. And I never did that before. And then just since after that, every morning, every day. But not as often as Not as often, yeah. And... Now I just, I, it, literally every day, I would hug my mom and my dad and I just say, thank you for everything you do for me. I love you guys very much. And same thing to Brianna, too. So, okay, I got a question for each of you, each one of you. When, um, when you pray at night, what does that sound like? What do you say? Oh, I'm going to start myself. When I pray at night, wow, gratitude. Gratitude comes first, then, then request. Absolutely. I would say that um, I just, uh, I do have requests, of course, because I, uh, this is, uh, from my, my point of view, uh, this experience has uh, teach me that it's not all about us. It's about all those. I have seen so many uh, around suffering uh, that um, it teach me that I'm not the only one suffering as a mom. Especially when the circles of mom, when the nights, the nights, and the many, many, many nights in the hospital, in the most um, stressful areas, ICU, VMT, vomitor transplant area, and the fourth floor where the kids with cancer are, um, you're dealing all the time with very difficult situations, and we moms talk. And you realize that you're not alone. There are many mommies suffering out there, and um, many more many other, some more than others, you know, a, a few of my group of moms, they lost their children already. So, um, you know, then when you see what you have received as a result of your, uh, of your trial in life, um, you know, you can't just uh, complain. You just have gratitude. Uh, through this challenge with my child, I have learned uh, so many things in life, the perspective of life for me as a mom and as a woman has changed tremendously. My dynamic in life is completely different. And uh, it's not just what I'm going through, what I feel, what I suffer, but it's what we are going through. Not just first as a family, as a family, as a cell, but also as a we, as a many, 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 many around many mommies many daddies I've seen so many dads devastated you know how many uh, we always talk about moms but daddies go through the same thing and uh, and after uh, all what we have experienced the beautiful things that we have experienced uh, how much my the, the dynamic of my family has changed you know uh, in faith and the way we pray now is so different the way we see life is so different that way, the way we live life itself, you know, it's so different now. In the the my the, what I have learned uh, from this, from others' moms and from other families, what I have learned from other people that are so kind and giving, experiencing generosity in a in great amount, I have learned so much that 
I have to be generous, that I have to give back, that I have to be there for others. And when I see this massive um, uh, support uh, for Victoria and for the family, and this massive um, acts of kindness toward us, I don't have any other thing to say, first of all, in prayer, as soon as I start doing it, is, I'm grateful. I'm very grateful. I'm very, even just a thank you word, it doesn't have, not even the meaning that you find in the dictionary can say you know how much I'm so thankful to number one God number two family number three very important friends and supporters uh, it is um, an amazing amount of great uh, you know thankfulness that I feel for all of it uh, that I just cannot say enough every night thank you God. thank you Lord Lord thank you so much yeah for the life of Victoria just because she's still there with with us here with us but thank you for the lessons of life you gave me oh my goodness have i learned from others enormously so much that um, i also feel like reborn i feel like my mind and my spirit and my thoughts uh, they are completely different from before i have this situation with my child I don't know you, and they are by strangers. I don't know you, and I hope someday to know you. And when I, I, I have followed your the story of your child and, and you, you guys and on Facebook, and I was having this hard situation with my child, with my baby, with my other kid, whatever. And when I just sat down and thought about you, and I said, how did she do it? And if she did it, I'm gonna do it. And that gave me so much strength to say, gosh, um, you know, thank you, God, for this trial. Because with, through these difficult times of me, uh, you have given me the opportunity that others have found the strength in their weak times or in their trials, too. So um, all this is about being thankful for us because the opportunity also to be uh, uh, a virtual support to others because we don't know in person. We just know people in through Facebook, but uh, we have an enormous amount, a, a good amount of people that have contacted us in private messages, trying to, to looking for support from Victoria, because they 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 said I want I'm, I'm afflicted with cancer, I'm going through this, and I see the strength that Victoria has gone through, or as a me as a mom, I have my child going through this, and I'm just desperate, I'm lost, and I just now I see. Uh, what you're going through as a wow, how can she do it? You know, I'm not praising myself, but it's a it's a, people compare what I, what I what I'm going through through others can be worse, and I say, oh wow, so if I'm going through this very little, how does that person can go through and still look like life is beautiful? Because <laughs> I just said to me, no, it's not, but it is at the same time. But anyway, um, you know, my mom was sorry. saying about. Um, people contacting us there was one lady from my school from attendance area that got afflicted with um, cancer I'm not sure where but um, she got afflicted with cancer and then she even uh, I even went one day when they brought me a gift it was a shark um, gift uh, they brought me that and I was like you know I want to make them a card to the administrative team and so I made them about a card that was about this big, and 
I just got one of those posters that you can buy at the Dollar Tree, and I just folded it in half to make it like a card. <laughs> so, um, I made them a card, and I gave it to them. And um, I went by attendance, because all the ladies there know me. It's like three That Don't three mention ladies. the name, honey. Hmm? Don't mention the name. <laughs> oh. Okay, just don't mention her name. Okay.
great works. Yeah, I've even learned through all this that uh, that's um, if I gave back, um, not just not just to people here, but if I gave back to God, He would do great things. How can you give back to God? Um, like sometimes uh, when I'm in my worst situations, I'm like God, I offer my suffering. Like I, I would offer it for all the other kids going through what I go through, that they would make it out like I do. And I do. That's how I give back to God. I give back to God by giving th giving thanks to Him for everything He does for me. And you have offered this and you and your bottom parts that you don't know you remember you said God I offer all my sufferings for you to cure all the other children from cancer. Yeah, I I do that also. Um, you can give back to God like that. You could also give back by giving back to people here. I've also done that. Um, I um, I think I mentioned in the other video how uh, you know I would go to Mexico and to the kids of the poor kids. There's there, some things that I don't that um you know. I'm sorry. It's okay to tell them, but there's some things that um it's our right. Our yeah, you want to keep within your yeah. You're not. You don't want to necessarily have other people know yeah. how you're giving it because that's your intimate. Cool. No problem. Okay. It's okay if you want to tell Scotty. Okay. What I don't want is to to people to know there's some things that uh, are there's some things that is just between God and us. And that's cool. That's very cool. So, it's all good. <laughs> I think from my perspective on all this, I think if you talk to all of us, we'd all say the same core thing about praying at night and always giving thanks first and then asking God to help others that we know that are going through tough times and stuff. And um, I think the one thing with me that, from God's aspect, you know, I always used to hear of people talking about God's intervention. Oh God, you know, I know God was there, He did this. And I felt it about three times in the last four years where I, I felt strongly that He did come in to the picture and somehow uh, intervene, you know, change things. And mainly with her, the things that have happened, the blood, brain bleeding, the, the, the first cure of cancer, and this, now this, we're hoping the second cure. But I, I really, there's been times I felt like you know, he definitely, you know, was a part of this and, and did come in and intervene and stuff. So, mm -hmm. so strong, strong from divine intervention. From the the trial or the the experience that I had with my son, um, one of the things leaving is that. I felt like I had to go through a deeper part of suffering and you know it's like empty and hot and it and it's it's painful and it's kind of opening um but it's stretching right when you have to go through those pains it's stretching you you know by challenging you by your emotions and everything but I feel like um it's that stretching that when that suffering is done now your capacity for love has also increased by that same amount yeah. mm -hmm. would you have a similar do you is that same for you or what do you think oh, i think so yeah definitely there's uh, like i said it, it's i don't know we all have our hard sides we all have our soft sides and my soft side has definitely gotten bigger you know like i said I, i've just seen a difference you know i just 
I never thought people were as giving as they are. You know, I knew there were some that were out there, you hear of things and stuff, but it's amazing how many are and ones you don't know. And um, I look at things very differently now with people. And, you know, not that I, I thought all people are bad, you know, be careful. It's just that you, uh, I just see things from people, that what they've done, people that don't even hardly know us and come up and, and do this or offer that or, or whatever. And, and it's just a sign of people, I guess, I never saw before. But this has brought it out, you know. As I said, my, my heart has a bigger soft spot now. It, I, I see things from a softer perspective. So, uh... I'm the same thing with my dad. I have to agree with my dad, you know. At first, I knew there were people that were giving, but I thought it was just something that was kind of rare. And then ever since I went through this, now I'm like, wow, there are quite a bit of people that actually give. There are more, way more than I thought. I thought it was just like a, a, a thousand out of a million thing, you know, very rare. But now it's like, for me, it's like 50,000 out of a million. So now going through all of this, the MRI is coming up in a, in a week. Um, are you praying for that specifically or what do you think is going to happen and how are you going to react in both, in either situation? Have you, do you consider either situation or are you, are you only looking at if it is going to happen and that's the only, this is the only thing that's going to happen? Um, I, you know, I have, like I said, I have faith in God, so sometimes I just say, God, I pray that you do, you know, that the MRI comes clean and that they say I can go back to my normal life and that I can go to Disneyland, go to the to the baseball games I wanted to go to and stuff. But at the same time, I'm like, God, I'm, I ask for that, but at the same time, I know you're going to do that for me because I trust in your power and I trust that you're what you the power you have, I know that you're going to use it wisely, because he's God. Of course he's going to do that. I like to think of God, I like to think of him as, you know, um, you know, a girl playing with dolls, you know, the girl likes to control the dolls, how how they cook and for the kids or anything or stuff, for the little dolls, and that's what I like to think of him. He controls all of us. So what what baseball games have you wanted to go to? Um, on the twenty fifth, I'm going to an Angels game for uh for a little organization from this family that had their children had their kid uh, go to chalk being treated for cancer, and so how they give back is they choose a few kids that have cancer to take them out to the Angels game. And um, so the, the organization. So, um, and then on the 27th, which is very, they're very close, um, I'm going to a Dodgers game, because mm -hmm. on my bone marrow transplant, I found out from my uh, social worker, which is another dear friend of mine, um, she told me, you know, there's this girl, she's a lot older now, but she, her father had a brain can had brain cancer, she was wondering, my dad's going through this, and it's tough for him. Imagine what a kid goes through, a kid with brain cancer goes through. She thought about it. 
at like age 16 or 17, one of the two, she was like, you know what, I want to do this because that her fam her and her family have a lot of connections to, you know, big, you know, big um, places and all that. So what they do is like, it's like Make-A-Wish, but a little small, it's like smaller though, more simple. And like, if you want to go to Disney, a day at the spa, baseball game, or something small like that, you know. And so I was like, I would like to do it. And it's usually for kids that just got diagnosed for the very first time. And But they said, since I've been going through it for a while and how I've handled it pretty well, um, I think they said, I think you would qualify for it. And, oh, and also, it's only for kids with brain cancer. So I was like, oh, cool, that's a bonus. <laughs> <laughs> See, so like that, that's another positive of that, you know. And um, so I qualified and I get to go for, to a doctor's game for that cool. thing. So, yeah. So the other thing I just was curious, so do you, so I know your sister's been a strength for you also. Is there um, any conversations that you guys have or um, on you can relate how she helps you or our, um our pain like sometimes i'll talk well but we both have pain like she but except for her it's emotional pain about all this going on and then for me it's physical so sometimes we like to talk about it with each other but um we like to talk about um what we what we did you know uh like when we went to the Make-A-Wish trip, we like to talk about things like that. And the positive and the sad. The positive. Uh, most of it, most of the stuff we talk about is just the experiences we've had through this. The cool, neat experiences. And just very little bit of it is the pain of it. It's just the pain of all of the little dark, uh, the little black spot of it. I wouldn't say dark cloud because it's not that bad. Mm -hmm. I would just say dark spot. <laughs> I love it. Um, if we're, I mean, I don't know where this is going to go, but hopefully somewhere good that's going to, you know, um, be inspirational to lots of people. If, so, if you got a whole bunch of people looking at you right now, right, and they're like, wow, this girl's gone through a lot, what, what message would you have like as a general to everyone what 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 would you what would you tell everyone no matter how bad things may seem stay positive and have faith that things are going to get better and that good will come out of the bad that it's like a i like to think of it as a drought drought is bad and like you know, the storm. I, it's like a drought, you know, here. Well, we had a drought before. The storm, the storm, that big, dark, black storm. Uh, the hail, the rain, the thunder, the lightning, everything. The wind, it may cause damage to the city, but at the same time, the good that comes out of it is that what, what little water we have becomes bigger. And that's how I like to think of it. Out of the little... Um, the little damage that comes from the storm of my cancer journey, I like to think that it gives me a, a more, it 
just overflows my city with water. <laughs> I love that. That's awesome. And just like I just just like the window and look through the window. Those those little um, pictures that you paint, like with that, is the that's such a beauty. It's just awesome, and I know that is that. I mean, this whole thing is like what a challenge on what bits and pieces to take out and how we're gonna, you know, it. It's just, I'm I'm happy. <laughs> so. now, you were saying painting. Uh, recently, after Bomero, my family came here for a little bit. After when I got came here, they came for a little bit, and um, I was coloring with my cousin, and I drew a picture of a heart with a cross in it, and then flames on top. And then in the back, I typed up something, you know, and I put the cross represents that uh, no matter what I go through, that God will always be in my heart. And the heart, and then the, oh, and it has wings too, the wings, and I said, the, and I also put the fire represents the burning love God gives me, and the wings represent, um, the wings represent that every think all um that every second of my life especially in my times of suffering god flies through it with me so that's awesome um man i know we've got some good stuff is there is there any message as parents of somebody that's that you see suffer do you have any words of wisdom or Suggestions. I'll tell you, the, the best thing that it was ever told to me was a gal that worked at CHLA. She just retired, and she sat down with us, and, you know, she says, Look at guys, your life's never going to be the same. It's going to be different now. doesn't mean it's going to be bad. It's just going to be different. And she told us, you know, take each day as they come. Don't think ahead to next Wednesday or a month from now. Just take each day and live it. And, you know, your, your life is going to be, you know, MRI to MRI. But live, live each day between. Don't procrastinate or think of things that, oh, what if that, what if this. As long as she wakes up, she's got a smile on her face. You know, she's being a kid, whether it's a good day or a bad day, but she's still being a kid and being, you know, <laughs> just go forward with that. And and that's helped. It really has because there's times, you know, like now we're sitting here and I think we're all kind of like, oh, God, next month, you know, next September 6th, that MRI has it. And I've just learned to put that out of my memory and just go, you know what, when we do the MRI, the next day we'll find out the results. I think we're all of the optimistic feeling that it's going to be good news. Uh, we see the doctors very inspired with good news. So, But whether or not, whatever the results are, you know, that day we'll deal with it. And if there's something that we have to do further for treatment, we'll deal with that the next day and so forth. It's all I can tell everybody that's going through this or um, about to go through this is just quit looking ahead take the what-ifs out of the equation, just deal with each day as it comes. If the, the person afflicted with this has a smile on their face that day, nothing else matters. Just move forward day by day. And that's actually what I tell them sometimes, my sister or 
then we'll be like, what do you think about the MRI? And, stuff. and I'm like, sometimes I'm, you know, I don't have an answer then. And sometimes I'll just say, guys, don't ask me now. Just let it come. Just let the moment come. And when it comes, it comes. Just let it, I say, think of it as a river. Just let the moment come and pass. <laughs> just flow. In my case, I don't know. I just roll. I roll. <laughs> well, as a mom, as a mom, I will just determine. You know, I don't hesitate in my answer. If you don't believe in God, seek for God. And if you believe in God, seek more for God. Don't stay still, observing your your hardship or the difficult times and stare at them saying what am I going to do say what are we going to do you know, if you are not a person that have faith and do not believe in God yet then this is a great time to start looking for him and if you already know him and if you already feel that you have all the great faith and that you uh, you know that you know pretty much God already enough to go through it, but then persevere and stay in that and make that grow even bigger because it's sure uh, going to be, you know, regardless of you believe in God or not, the test is right in front of you. Either you you decide to uh, go through the test with um, the greatest uh, wisdom of the world in His, his Word or you just go through it with the wisdom of the world by itself and see how far you're going to go with one or the other. So my my soul, uh, you know, husband put one thing that is important, but in my case, I would suggest seek God. Either you don't believe in Him, seek and start a relationship with Him. And if you already have a relationship with Him, seek for Him more and deep and grow into that relationship. That it, it will lead you to a wonderful place. You know, she has never said uh, as much of thank yous at this time. I think she realized this time that her journey wasn't only hers, but it was our journey too with her. The suffering, it was equal, not in the body-wise and the feeling, that, that physical pain that she went through. But I think she realized that, um, I, I don't think she never before saw how much parents suffer when they see their children suffer. Hmm. And I think this time was very, so great. I'm telling you, Scotty, as a believer, I I completely, uh, I was, I think we all went to a little bit of low fuel in every single aspect of our lives. I think mentally, emotionally, spiritually, and, and physically, we were overwhelmed. And I think we went with very low fuel into this. We were flying low. Our strength was not because we were weak, but because we were tired. And I, I, I feel like all of us, the four of us were, I, I think that this is the way we were feeling without realizing that there was a not super, supernatural power leading us to continue. And uh, once we, we were into this, and we were able to say one day, second day, three, third day, I was, I'm convinced that um, we had an amazing support of prayer, and I, I feel very strongly that I could almost tell you that there was special grace in the room. It wasn't, 
it wasn't um, just uh, positive thinking, which is in and mere attitude. That is a wonderful act of the human, you know, great, great, great things that we should have in order to really conquer great things. However, when no matter how positive you want to feel, no matter how, how wishful thinking you have that all should be all right, oh, we were overwhelmed. We were, uh, we were just made it to go into bone transplant, bone marrow transplant. And that's the way I perceived things and I, what I felt. When it's, you are low in, you're flying so low and you are going into very low fuel into something huge, how do, you, how do you say that, how do you, can you, I don't even know, I don't even know how to explain and I don't think there's going to be never words to explain how amazing you can, you can feel the grace was within the room. Why was it? I don't know. But uh, we made it with an amazing, and it wasn't because of us. I absolutely felt that it was the, the enormous support and prayer and good wishes that others did for us. I think at that point we were just, <laughs> and there were other, Barely. you know, there were others feeding us and giving us water. Um, it's like a marathon, you know, those, those times that you just cannot make it and there come others to help you, to continue the, the, the race. It's like one was holding our arm, another one was holding our hand, the other ones were holding, you know, and, and it doesn't mean, it, they didn't need to be present. People was praying for us, that was enough, that was wonderful. The ones that came to visit us and saw us and brought us food and the ones that brought us company, uh, a, a moment of smile, a moment of gift, you know, wonderful. But Little they know the people that were just decided to make a prayer for us, they were the ones that were holding us every second. Not just a moment, but us every every time throughout our tribe. What is your legacy? What do you want your legacy to look like? I want my legacy to look like the girl that had, you know, that went through so much, but yet no matter how strong, how strong the suffering was, she had her faith in God, and she was uh, happy with her life. Girl that was happy, and her faith was strong no matter what. Hmm. And to look good and to others because you want maybe, to good to others. And maybe I also want people to know me as the girl that's pretty badass. <laughs> oh, jeez. I don't think you're going to bleep that out. <laughs> I'm gonna stop slow motion. Bad. <laughs> I love it. That's great. Well, you know, to kind of funnel back, and, I, and I, when Veronica started on this, I thought, oh God, I should have brought this up too. But you know, she talked about faith, and it was funny when she was talking about that. I remember this was the first go around of this, and it was an old friend of mine. I hadn't talked to him in a few years. He had been through hell with his life. Became really addicted to alcohol and, and broke all that, and so I last time I talked to him, he was very successful. Then I talked to him at this point, and he was rock bottom coming up. And um, you know, he, I, I had sent him a text, finally got a hold, and said what I was going through, and he called me up. And I always remember the first thing, and th this was a guy that, um, a nice guy, but just I never saw him in, in a religious way, but. You know, the first thing he asked me when I told him all this, he says, how's your faith? And I said, what brings that? I mean, I never expected to hear that from you. He says, well, 
you, you've got to have a faith to get through this. He says, that's what straightened my life out and got me out of my bad stuff. He says, do you have a faith? I said, yeah. I told him, you know, I just converted to uh, being a Catholic, and, and that's helped me tremendously. He says, good. He says, that, that's, that's what's going to help get you through this. Good or bad, it's going to get you through it. So, but she's so right. You know, the faith is is uh, is a big part of this. If you don't got it, you better get it somehow, some way, because it's going to help you with process this and your bad times, your good times. That that faith is going to you know, keep you keep you going in the right direction. Faith, hope. You you guys are obviously being tested. Oh yeah. No question about that. So, how do you look at it from that? Does it, the the realization that it's a test does that help you get through? Um, is that how you look at it? That it's just a test, so that yeah, you don't feel like you're suffering. Like the suffering is not. It, there's a there's a purpose behind mm -hmm. it. I like there were what there was once in the hospital where sometimes I'm um uh, I was like uh. Like what my mom was talking about, about how prayer, there was a presence, a really strong presence of God in the room. And I think it was because of prayer. And there was even once where I was just feeling like crap, you know, and I was, all of a sudden, I felt this deep peace. And I was like, Mom, I think I'm getting a lot of prayers right now because right now I was feeling like poop. And then now I feel, I feel good and I feel like at peace. And she was like, yeah. It was amazing. So, yeah, there were some times where I was suffering and I was like, okay, for, sh for sure this is just God just trying to see if I am. Because I know all of us have a destiny. And I guess some of these tests will, you know, they may seem very, like, out of, you know, what could be our destiny. I think some of these tests can relate to what God has for us in the future. Like, I think God is trying to test me for something, you know, that I want to, that I might do in the future. And I feel like these are just tests that relate to what I might be, like who I might be, what I might be doing in the future. And just somehow it will relate to that. And that's just what I think. Is there anything that, that we haven't gone over or that I haven't asked, or that maybe want want to bring up or talk about. I'm doing just kidding. Oh, I, I think you got it. Yeah, I think you got well. it all. <laughs> that's. Um, Can you say that's a wrap? Okay, everybody. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope it gave you perspective. I hope it helps you enjoy and appreciate the day. And I hope it helps you have empathy for others. And maybe it might inspire you to go do something good. Thank you for tuning in to the Move Podcast. I'm Scotty Carlisle, and I'll see you next time.